Okay, so let's、we'll、stop. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Parenting Unknown podcast. My name is Matt. Thanks again for listening for another week. Hope everything is going well with you guys. And just in case you can hear in the background, I'm doing a live episode, meaning I'm recording when my kids are awake. I usually wait until they're asleep. So like around nine o'clock, I start doing these by myself. Maybe I'll record one or two. But today I just thought, you know, to hell with it. Let's just record. So thanks again for listening. Anybody that's new listening, welcome. Thanks a lot. Podcast is mainly about me exploring what it is to be a parent, and it's also a lot of self reflection and just a lot of figuring out things, a lot of questions that I ask, and trying to find out whatever answers to have a clear peace of mind. So today's episode is going to be called "Why Do We Do the Things We Do?" And just simple, simple asks, you know, why, what makes us tick. What makes us react? Then you get the questions of if it's free will. <laughs> you get the questions of it's free will. Is it a predetermined path set by destiny? If you believe in that, when we are born, are we already set up to the lives that we're living right now? What I mean to is the people that we are right now. What led us here? Hi, son. Are we also recording? Yeah, I'm recording. What about you? Um, nothing. Nothing. Okay. No. Did you eat your food? Yeah, I didn't make the papa. You ate your make the papa? Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry for me. It's okay. <laughs> so that's my son Max. Like I said, live. So go back to what I'm leaning to is the people that we are right now. What led us here? I'm trying to dissect and have a huge, deep reflection on myself. There's some things or habits that I do, and they still make me wonder why do I do them. Some are good, some are. I wouldn't say bad, but if I could correct them or give a slight nudge in a different direction, I I would. For instance, I have antisocial behavior, but it's also mixed with readiness to have that one-on-one human interaction. So I don't like crowds. But at the same time, I like going to concerts. I like going to shows, sporting events, and I'm fine being by myself. But at the same time, if I talk to like a good couple of people, I rather enjoy it. So it's a little bit of both, and I can start thinking to why I'm like that. And when it comes down to being in relationships and being a parent, that time I spent by myself, I got used to being quiet. Meaning, I could stay silent and not talk, and that's funny coming from somebody who's talking into this microphone for this podcast. But like I said before, I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and trying to be a better person. I I think this is just one little hint of me getting out of my zone. You want to say something else, son? Yeah. What do you want to say? Also, I get watching Baby Bus. You're watching Baby Bus. Yep. Oh my gosh! You don't talk so close. And、what、huh? else are you watching? I watch Baby Bus. What about Totoro? I watch Totoro. And what else? I watch. What about Ponyo? There you go, Ponyo. I watch. 
bear. You watch the bears. Whoa. Okay. Like a baby bear. You sure did, bud. And this is Mia here in the background, slight faint. She's a little wild. So back to what I was saying. If I'm being by myself, and when it comes to my relationships with being a parent and spending time by myself, I just got used to being quiet. So not talking as much. And sometimes it can be a real issue when it comes to communication with my wife or even my kids for that matter. I could go on all day with them without saying anything. But that's not really good for them developing. They need to hear that talking. They need to hear that, that interaction with, you know, the parents and them. So I did admit I was more quiet with Max. And I'm, I guess sometimes I blame myself until he doesn't really talk as as much as he should or as much as he or as much as you would hear like another kid that just nonstop talks and they just don't stop. And I guess that's my fault too as a parent to setting up the kids to compare them to the other kids. Each kid is in their own each kid's in their own league, they do their own thing, they open up when they want to and and now I understand that. But again, I I kind of blame myself into being so quiet so many times and but now with the second kid, we're much more talkative, especially during the day. And for everything else for that matter. He's doing a slight dance right now. So what may seem to be right with me and have some quiet understanding can come off as a bit standoffish or like I don't care. But in reality in my head I figured everything out to my best knowledge and I assume that everything's fine and I'm okay so I just I stay quiet and it's definitely something I need to come out of my my shell and be more outspoken to and I'm aware of this and sometimes I just stay in my old my old ways but I do try I'm trying to learn to speak more you know it's more the question like why am I that way it's so easy to say that's just something we were born into, but let's face it, us as humans were molded by our surroundings and heavily influenced by the, the people around us. I think my antisocialness stemmed from the seclusion I felt as a kid and being an outsider in school. From the size I was, the skin color I was, to being one of the few kids without parents, I felt alienated. So I was put in that corner most of my life to the point where now it's just, it's just a part of me. There's tons of psych books on behavior patterns and the questions nature versus nurture. It's kind of like serial killers. Were they molded by society or were they groomed in that way? Not in the way when they're purposely being taught, you know, to kill and commit crimes, but treating them a certain way to the kids act out and lash out in, in revenge. And to be honest, with some historical cases, they grew up to fulfill that revenge. What else could these examples of serial killers, offenders, and abusive parents teach us? And what could we ultimately learn from that? Before we try to understand or look, into, look for these answers, some clues could be found in our own backyard. Whether it be in ourselves or the close ones we know. But not all of these are bad qualities. Some are good. We could look at some people that are, you know, quite positive and happy and find out what made them that way, what helped. For the positive people, sure, they can have, you know, a good upbringing, but when they get deeper, usually you find out that something traumatic to them happened. And maybe not traumatic 
to you or to me, but in their own life it was. And that's something we got to remember. What may affect us and hit us in a certain way to where it leaves that indentation in our lives is unique to us. And I say unique to us because we have our own individual feelings, thoughts, views, and outcomes from it, opposed to somebody who may have came out in a similar situation, but they're a completely different person. The reaction is completely different from yours. So we may have similars, but they won't be the same, but it just affects us in different different variations. Well, some of the people I know, it's really a mixed bag of, you know, their past. And strangely enough, they all have something in common. They all came out to be a positive, productive person and some to be good parents. So if we take away all those things that make us the way we are, will we still go on the path that we're on right now? Or will it be something unimaginable? Some of our tragedies give us that special drive to become their own unique person and to do what nobody else has done, whether in our lives or compared to a vast whole. See, my one worry is I've been through what I've been through and it led me here to my family and kids. So all this stuff that we learned, so all this stuff that we learned and changed for the better for ourselves, where does that leave our kids with a new generation? Us as quote unquote good people, do we need to have a certain event or that constant repetitive life? To be good? Could teaching our kids the right and best way possible, could that steer them in a bad way? Some say that the traumatic events define us and they test us in life and see what we're made of and make us stronger. But do we need that? Do we need these harsh traumatic events to come out as a good person? Is it hard to believe that there are people out there that had everything good their whole lives? Good parents, good upbringing, good family. They've had jobs, they went to school, they've led a perfect life. Is it worth to think that that exists? Or is it safe to say that everyone has their own skeletons in their closet they, they got to deal with, their own demons? I guess that's what makes the human experience unique, right? No matter how much we speculate and ask questions, there's always something new with us. There's always something that will surprise us, whether it's behavioral whether it's physical or something we discover in ourselves. And honestly, I feel like our kids right now are going to be the first generation to experience the new way. What do you mean? But there's already arguments with this whole Gen Z and cancel culture. Saying kids now are too soft and easily offended with every single thing coming their way. And some as far has gone out to say that they should have grown up in some of our traditions we struggled with. And I know a lot of it comes with spanking your kids and I guess you could say having a strict upbringing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being strict. There's nothing wrong with instilling with your kids, you know, having manners, being polite. And sometimes you got to really put it to them and tell them like, you know what, this is what you got to do. Because like I talked with before, like there's this whole generational abuse that's been repetitive in my family. And it's something I don't want to go to. And even once in a while when like... <laughs> Yes. Even once in a while when the kids have to have like a little discipline in them or we have to smack their hands away from doing something, I mean, I know some would say like, oh, it's not a big deal, but something to do, I just don't want to do. I believe that there's different ways to do it. And people will say that there's no different way to do it, just people that are scared to try. 
But you know, the people that said that the new generation should have some of the traditions that we struggle with, I don't agree with that. And I would want my kids to grow up the way I did. I'm sure most of these kids' parents want to provide a better life for them. It just what leads to their current PC slash council culture and its and its hits on words, definitions, and trigger words. Some say that when you remove those traditional traumatic events, all that's left is being hurt by words, and that's what's really happening now. I think there has to be a time where we change in the teaching of our kids to where we don't really don't have to bind them to the harsh realities of the world. We don't have to shelter them too much. I mean, I'm not saying throw them into the you know hardcore mix, but show them that this world is not not all good. But being said that, teach them that you can still enjoy this life. They're still going to be good in this life that you're going to enjoy the most, if not the vast majority of your life. It just sometimes we need to we need to humble ourselves. But some of the rash actions we take, it does seem to fulfill a human need that we have deep down inside of us. And when we're not aware of our needs, we act based on our feelings and thoughts, even habits or just straight impulse. It just takes that one trigger to set us off to act either good or bad. All of it stems from childhood. Something may have happened in our childhood that we may not perceive as affecting us. Little did we know, it does, and there it is, waiting to come out, and boom, trigger word happens, and it happens. It's a difference between having a good day and a bad day. Just think of all the split decisions that come out out of being emotional, like being angry. Usually, it's met with blindness to our rational and logical thought process that leads up to, unfortunately, regret. Take, for instance, shootings, mass shootings, school shootings. I really don't think that most of these people were born to do this. I do think that things happen in their life to set them on a certain path. And honestly, I've known to see this, especially with my mother and my family. I feel if we are more conscious and we're more able to look at our situations and not just be left on the side, we can make those decisions leading to a better better outcomes. Feelings, habits, impulse, and intuition seem to be the driving factors of what leads us to do what we do. Our feelings and thoughts can get the best of us, to be honest, and I could say, or I could ask you guys, most of us would say, like, that's true. Just think about our mindset when a family member passes. Or let's say if we had a breakup, we had one of those alterations, <laughs> altercations with people that we don't like, and we get to the point where we want to fight them. Just try to think back into your mindset during those situations and how, what were you thinking about? Chances are you really weren't thinking about anything else but those feelings and ideas. Unless we develop some kind of practice of conscious engagement with our feelings, most of us experience them as a response to them as internal demand for action or avoidance, whether we want to or not. Fear, shame, or guilt may lead to avoidance, while anger or excitement may lead us to move toward our action. When our feelings lead to actions, we really take a detour into what we really want. Their regret hits hard and unfortunately leads us down a different path. But the habits, those are the ones that keep reoccurring to our lives. Some of the habits are born out of protecting ourselves. Part of the difficulty of transforming habits into a choice is that 
we often are not even aware of taking the action based on a habit because it's just so instilled in us. Habits by their nature are designed to relieve us from having to choose freshly each time. So just me being quiet, for instance, it's just something that I'm used to, something that I know how to do. And quite honestly, it saved me from getting into a lot of fights, getting to positions where I may have been arrested or, I don't know, got shot at or something. That silence has made me, it's helped, but at certain different parts of my life, it's, it's hurt me too. Part of the solution I'm trying to figure out is really connecting with myself. And looking for other solutions, I found out that <laughs> I found out that meditation is really up there. And I mean, it doesn't. I haven't really tried it personally, but it's just one that's suggested. And if anybody could take up meditation, listening to this, go for it in however way. But for me right now, it's more getting in touch with myself and understanding. I've been writing for episodes, and when you lay those thoughts down on paper, or well. It's 2021 when you lay them down on a laptop and you see those thoughts on the screen. Those thoughts, words, and reasons seem less powerful. <laughs> so if I talk about something that's been traumatic in my life, like watch my, my grandmother basically have a heart attack and die on the floor. Or being hit, seeing the family members get high on PCP. As hurtful as they are now, when I see them down written, when I see them written on the screen... They don't seem as powerful as I thought they once were. I feel that I'm better than them, above that, and whatever power they have over me, I feel that it's gone. And it's allowing me to just kind of get released to my own freedom in my mind and to have a state of peace of mind. But it's just a really relief to see what I need to adjust in my life. So my habits to ultimately make me feel at peace. Everything we do is cause and effect. We do what we do because we're humans, and in the end, we want to be loved. So with a better look back and a better understanding, we could try to pinpoint in our lives why we do the things we do. And maybe sometimes, if we're ready, we could change them. So thanks again for listening for another week. Hopefully everything's going well with you guys, and until next time.